This hour of the Jason Rancho is brought to you by Hyder Construction. Lots of news happening all around the world and right here at home. So let's find out what's trending. What's trending? National. Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal, the fringe progressive from Seattle, she stood yesterday alongside some other local leaders like Mayor Bruce Harrell, or as he was referred to during Gay Pride, Harrell. They are leading the charge to abort babies, not support mothers who are pregnant, or excuse me, people who are pregnant. He's not there to support them. Pramila Jayapal is not there to support them. They think that they can muster up enough support for a massive women's protest. Also, they can bring back abortion rights in places where they already exist. And we should, can you, this is on you, Producer Peyton. When I say women, you have to tell me it's pregnant people or people with a uterus. Oh, I, I oh, that, that is, is on my... you. No, no, don't, don't, you know that that's your job. It's to look out for my brand when I let my guard down. And I need to make sure that this show is as inclusive as humanly possible. And factual. And factual, yes. Because women don't get pregnant. People who are capable of getting pregnant get pregnant. Exactly. It's wordy, and it means the same thing, but it's wordy. Or now I'm seeing women and people who get pregnant. Uh, Okay. There's a difference. Oh, yes. There's a huge difference. Right, Pramila? Let us be very clear. People will die. Women, pregnant people, and girls will die. Are they people, or is it people and women and pregnant people and girls? I'm not entirely sure I understand anymore. Because it sounds like she's saying they're not people. If you want to say people who get pregnant, okay, or pregnant people, okay. It's stupid, but okay, fine. Women, pregnant people... Or women, people can get pregnant, and girls. So, females. You can just say females. Am I, okay, you give me a look like I'm the one who's crazy. You can just say females. Well, I can't give Pramila Jayapal a look right now. She's not here. I'm going to say you can at least say female. But apparently you can't. And by the way, this, no, I take take it back. (laughs) I don't get to correct you every time. You don't get to correct me every time. Because I'm not going to play this game. She's not serious. You're not a serious person when you're out there using that kind of language. You're not a serious person. I saw Lisa Herbold, the West Seattle City Council member, put out an email in response to overturning Roe v. Wade. She doesn't mention women once. It's all people who get pregnant or pregnant people. Stop this nonsense. Now, she would like Pramila Jayapal and some of the others who spoke yesterday, they would love to disrupt the the economy with a protest that will put pressure on, I'm not entirely sure who, to overturn the overturning of Roe v. Wade. This is the kind of thing she points to. In Iceland, there was once a protest where 90% of the women got involved and it was super disruptive. Except, of course, you're not going to get anywhere close to 90% of anyone protesting because Pramila Jayapal is on the wrong side of this. Most people accept the idea of abortion up until certain weeks. That's why most people don't want to see the overturning of abortion to mean a federal ban, which is not what overturning Roe v. Wade does. There's no federal ban on abortion. This is left up to the states. But understand that the majority of women who would dare get into this kind of protest that she's talking about 
They will do that in blue states and blue cities where abortion is already legal. So you're not getting anything done. They want to pretend really badly that all women support abortion. All women do not support abortion. Some women are up to 15 weeks. Then they say no longer support. Most women, yes, women and men, do not support abortion up to nine months, which is the position of progressives in the Democratic Party. And I love this whole idea that they get together in Seattle as if anything that happens in Seattle is going to impact Birmingham, Alabama, or Little Rock, Arkansas, or Cheyenne, Wyoming. As if the influence of Pramila Jayapal in Seattle is going to extend into red states that look at Pramila and Bruce Horrell and all these others as insane people on this and so many other issues. But, ooh, they've got some activists on their side. And people like Margo from Rise Up for Abortion Rights, they're going to protest forever. Now is the time. We're making the demand in the streets, and we're going to be doing this in a sustained way. They're going to make it every day. They're going to sustain these protests every day in the streets of Seattle to demand that Alabama legalize abortion. You know you can go to Alabama and protest there if you'd like. You realize that the daily protests of a dozen people snarling traffic in downtown Seattle is not going to impact Utah, correct? You know that, right? You have to know that. You know it's not going to get coverage there, right? But even these folks might be surprised that people in western Washington and even Seattle don't necessarily support abortion on demand without apology. Mallory, for example, is with Susan B. Anthony, Pro-Life America. She spoke with Cairo 7 TV. And she says, yeah, not everyone's upset on this ruling. The pro-life movement um, at this point, now we have the freedom to have our debate um, in the public square and to make our arguments to for protecting life. You see, that's the problem. You get to actually make your arguments now, and they don't want the arguments to be made. They don't want the arguments to be made. Now, part of this push by the Democrats, progressives, in the House and in the Senate is to come up with some kind of code of ethics for Supreme Court justices, which is almost certainly unconstitutional. I have no idea where they think they can do this. But really, it would be a way just for them to try to impeach these justices because they didn't vote the way that they wanted them to. And Pramila Jaipal yet again said the justices lied. She's not going to offer up a single quote that was a lie. She's just going to say they lied. The court already faces serious ethical concerns. The ethical concerns because you are claiming there are ethical concerns. She's trying to conjure up ethical concerns. She's trying to conjure up a demon that takes the shape of Annabelle, the little doll. Is that the same movie? Or did I put three movies together? No, you got it. Okay. She's trying. She's conjuring this up. She thinks that if she says it enough, that it will become reality. And part of the reason why she does that is because when you can destroy the legitimacy of an institution, what does it make it easier to do to that con- to that institution? What does it make it easier to do? Uh, Say dismantle. I was going to go with abolish, but dismantle. Dismantle, because they like to dismantle what? Systems of oppression. And they believe that the Supreme Court is a system of oppression because it doesn't agree with them on every single issue. Now, there's no loss of legitimacy when there's a ruling that goes Pramila Jayapal's way. But when it doesn't, they lied. From justices lying in their confirmation hearings to a justice who did not recuse himself from the January 6th court decisions. Oh, no. I wish you would recuse yourself from Congress. Just go away. Because, unfortunately, you are my representative. But you don't represent me. 
You're just some fringe activist who's in a position of power that unfortunately will last you a lifetime. Because once you get in to a Seattle seat in Congress, you don't actually do anything when you're in Congress. Ask our last one. I can't even remember. McDermott. Jim McDermott. Ask him what he accomplished. He accomplished in his 1,000 years in Congress so far the same as what Pramila Jayapal has accomplished. Nothing other than sometimes getting on TV and embarrassing herself but thinking she did some sort of heroic interview, standing up for those who have been put into a position of disfavor with the federal government. They are disproportionately impacted, our poor young BIPOC women and people who give birth. They want to codify Roe v. Wade. But that's not possible. It's not possible without a constitutional amendment. And they don't care that the ideas that they're putting out there are just flatly unconstitutional. For example, AOC had this to say. I'll start with the babiest of the babiest of the baby steps. Open abortion clinics on federal land. Why'd you say baby? The baby of the babiest of the babiest steps? I think that wasn't it. Was that a pun? Yeah, I think she's just trying to connect dots like, oh, hey, we're going to yeah, use well, baby in another way. Let's just, we're going to go to the pun this plan has already been aborted because there's no way in the world that you can actually open up on federal land abortion clinics you can't do that i think the Hyde amendment would actually matter in that case you can't put federal funds into abortion services the baby said the baby steps well if you're aborting the baby then there are no steps and then you have javier becerra we told you this yesterday he's the health and human services secretary who has literally no expertise in health or human services. He's not a doctor. He has no idea whatsoever what he's doing. And he was doing an interview with Kate Snow from NBC talking about how they're going to potentially put taxpayer dollars into transporting women to go get their abortions. They're looking into everything, including assisting in transportation, something that HHS doesn't typically do. Because it's illegal. That legally? No, no, they can't. Uh, talk to me later. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, that's a big question, right? I, I always tell my team at HHS, uh, if you've done your homework, then we have no right to do mild. What in God's name does that mean? Brian Suits played that this morning. I don't know what that means. I always tell my staff, if you've tried your hardest and you've done all the research, there's no reason to be mild. What in God's name does that mean? I, I, and why are you telling them that all the time? That's annoying. You got to tell them to do really hard work and do all the research as necessary. Is that that's your motivation? Remind them to be mild daily. No, I want you to be spicy. Oh no, that's what he's saying. But why doesn't he just say that? Be spicy. Does that mean break the law? Because he can't do this, and he knows it. He goes on to say, "We're not going to play the whole thing." He goes on to say, uh, "Well, you know, we don't. We're not going to talk. Is this public? Yeah, dummy, it's public. There's a camera in front of you, and you're oh, you're literally Mike, and you're in front of people who are in the crowd looking at you. So yes, it is public. Dope." 1-800-465-8770 if you want to join the conversation. When we come back, I am going to call out a group of people that I'm not supposed to call out. And even though I usually do that towards teachers and children and seniors and disabled dogs, I will be doing it to a new group of people. And I think you're going to be on my side. Follow me online. KTTH.com is where you can get my blog. You can also text the keyword rants, R-A-N-T-Z, to one 800 Four six five eight seven seven zero. Push the button. What's trending? Safety first. There's a local group that does training called Stop the Bleed, which, as it tells you in the title, is how to stop people from bleeding out. They put the program on pause, this training on pro- pause. In fact, Como says it's been suspended. 
and it's been suspended because they're tired. They're tired. They're overworked, and they're just tired. That's literally the reason that Como TV cites in this piece. They're tired of doing their jobs. Maria Paulson is a nurse. She's also the trauma outreach education coordinator over at Harborview Medical Center, and she coordinates this particular training called Stop the Bleed. After Uvalde, Texas happened, after the mass shooting, she got a whole bunch of calls for the program, which generally is what happens after these massive events, a program that effectively teaches how people can stuff wounds and tie a tourniquet. The goal is that every single person knows what to do because the biggest loss of life in any sort of big disaster is bleeding because you have to stop the bleeding in five to ten minutes or they die. There's nothing you can do. So obviously that could come in handy. In fact, that's why Sound Transit is doing this kind of training. Ken Cummins is one of the public safety directors there, and he spoke to Como TV. Some 30% of the staff have already gone through the training. Even the best response by emergency responders is only is minutes away. And so, Which, by the way, he's making the argument why people should have a gun should they so choose. If you're there and you have the confidence and the knowledge to use this, why not? Fair enough. I think this is important training. Unfortunately, the volunteer health workers don't think it is important enough. Those who taught Stop the Bleed are overworked and burned out, despite knowing how important it is to go through with this training. It's absolutely frustrating for me. And I'm, I wanted every single one of these, I want to say, yes, let's chat. Let's fix a date. I'll get a team. Because that's before the pandemic what I did. I'm sorry, you don't get a pass because you want to be a wimp and whine and cry about being a little overworked. Because all of a sudden there's a rush on this kind of training and training that's incredibly important. You know what you're doing when there's not a rush? You're sort of chilling out. Maybe you're doing one or two of these programs a week, if that. And so maybe you should step up and actually take on the extra work for the two, three, four weeks after a major event where suddenly there is now interest in potentially life-saving training. But no, 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 we're not supposed They're heroes. Because they train people on their off time. I'm sure they get paid, but they, they, they train people. These are nurses. All nurses are heroes. Did you know that? Like all teachers are heroes. Not supposed to say anything. Sorry, I'm saying something. Shame on you. Buck up. W- what is this garbage here? Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm tired. Is that your job? Well, yeah. Well, then shut up. That's what you're supposed to do. Who, who acknowledges that this is important and then says, I'm a little, uh, it's not, it's not that important. It's not that important. So what someone bleeds out because I wanted to go home early and get a four day weekend ahead of July 4th. Eh. Tired. I'm tired. You're supposed to admire these folks because of their commitment to the cause of which they're not committed. That's a wee bit ironic. Do it online, by the way, you can learn this stuff online. So then that, that's a double win. You can give the worker a break by... Just give them a link. Yeah. I think they even do some of the training online. Just go on YouTube. How hard could it be to tie a tourniquet? Maybe we could take a segment for you to learn. It's, just... not, it's not hard. Just look, go, go to YouTube and, and look up how to tie a tourniquet, and it will show you. You can go there now to learn how to tie a half Windsor knot, which is what I'm wearing right now. Did you have to Very go well. to YouTube to I do I certainly so? did. <laughs> that's how I learned how to tie a tie, the right way. I used to have a more convoluted way, but now I know an easier way to do a half Windsor. 
Not very good at the full Windsors, and I don't really like those. Knots. Full Windsors better than the half mm, Windsor. It's too, it's too full. I like a half. I like a halfy. Okay, push the button. What's trending? You can't make this up. I wish we could. I wish we were making this up. So, Coach Joe Kennedy from Bramerton, he's going to be on the show at 445. I hope you'll tune in. He won his Supreme Court case. He had the audacity to pray privately at the 50-yard line to himself. He wasn't on a microphone or a megaphone. He was praying to himself. And because some students wanted to engage as well, not being pushed into it, they made a voluntary effort to do this prayer. All of a sudden, the school's all like, that means you are engaging in uh, school-sanctioned and district-sanctioned and government-sanctioned religion, and that's wrong. And so they fired him. The Supreme Court said, no, 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 no. You can't fire him. It seems pretty open and shut, unless you're Joy Behar, who is one of... I want to say dumbest people, but that's mean. That's insulting dumb people. It's insulting to dumb people. She's dumber than the dumbest person you know, which ironically could be Colin Kaepernick that she brings up during this conversation on The View this morning. I would like to know if uh, it would apply to Colin Kaepernick. Hey, dummy, it doesn't. It doesn't. Okay, I can, I can already stop you. And someone, someone, no one likes her on that panel. Because no one said, whoa, whoa, no, no, don't finish that thought. It doesn't apply here. You see, the school district is a public school district, which makes it a government entity. The NFL is not a government entity. And by the way, Colin Kaepernick was not praying. Okay? He was not praying. But please continue to embarrass yourself. For example, he takes a knee. I don't know if this is really legal or anything what I'm saying, yeah, but it seems to me like the guy takes right. a knee and he gets thrown off the team. Oh my God. But he could be praying too. Pray- By the way, he didn't get thrown off the team after he took a knee. How long did that nonsense go on? How long? Full season. A full season. Was he playing? Yeah. Okay. He was. Did he get kicked off the team? No, he got, I think, released. At he the was end released of his... at the end of his contract. Oh, my God. And, you know, that these people would leave him alone. I don't know why he's praying for him. But <laughs> yeah, he could be praying. Well, How do they know of... what you're doing when you take a knee? Doesn't he that look it. like I prayer mean, to you? No. Suddenly it's illegal for him, but it's okay for this. Hey, dummy, I can't. This is I'm going to get yelled at for calling her dummy so many times. But it's not my fault. First of all, he was not praying. She knows that, right? When, you know how you can tell someone's not praying? When they say, I'm doing this out of protest for the United States because of police. You could also look at his fist in the air at the same time. You can also look at the socks he wears that said, well, depicted cops as pigs. This is a little bit of a hint. And no one said it was illegal. <laughs> I, I, did someone say that it was illegal what Colin Kaepernick was doing? And by the way, if it was illegal... Boy, did he not suffer any legal consequences for it. Oh, my gosh. It's illegal to fire someone as a governmental employee because they are religious. You cannot fire them because they actually had the audacity to pray. A private organization can't do that either, right? They can't just fire someone like, you're Christian, you're out. That's not what happened. Oh, my God. Does she not remember? Or does she hope you don't? Because I remember. Her memory oh my could God. be shot. I nominated that for one of the Dumb Dumbs of the Year award. Did we put that down on the I, okay, I did, yeah. My God, that's stupid, that comment. That's remarkable. 
That is that's truly remarkable. I'm in awe. I'm not. I'm in awe of the stupidity. I couldn't believe it when I first listened oh to it earlier God. today. I was I was blown away. I hear some of the things that dum dum says all day in that other room. All day he says stupid things. That's me. Nothing in comparison to Joy. I found the one person you're smarter than. It's Joy Behar. Joy Behar. Thank you. I would not say thank you on that. I'm I mean, not the dumbest it's a marginal. Per- I'm not better. the dumbest person you know. Joy Behar is. Well, in fairness, I don't know Joy Behar, but I feel like I know her. One eight hundred four six five eight seven seventy. Send me your text. One eight hundred four six five eight seven seventy. Welcome back to the Jason Rand Show. We're live on this Tuesday afternoon. Really do appreciate you tuning in. I have this fear about having to constantly change my doctor. I have a general doctor and I have an asthma doctor and I have a dermatologist. I should have a therapist. I don't. That's what you have a fear of? I don't want to be forced into a position to change my doctor. The reason I might change my doctor is because I won't trust them. Why might I not trust them if it turns out that any of them are insane fringe liberals? Now, all of my doctors know what I do for a living, which already makes me uncomfortable. But my dermatologist seems to be on board, so I'm not going to complain. But the other two I don't know. Now, I don't check social media for doctors all that often, but I started to because I just want to make sure before I get into a new relationship, patient-doctor relationship, that I'm not signing up for someone to mistreat me. And the reason why I have that fear is we keep getting these stories. Granted, they the fact that we point to them indicates that they're anomalies, right? But I wonder how much of this is happening, and we just don't have people who are as dumb as this nurse out of Illinois. She's an advanced, uh, uh, advanced practice registered nurse, and she was with Sarah Bush Lincoln Hospital in Illinois. And she went on Twitter to basically say she's going to deny prescriptions to men because of the Roe v. Wade decision from the Supreme Court. She was going to take out her anger on men, all men, not even just the conservative men, but all men. And that she goes online to say this is alarming to me. She tweeted, I prescribe meds. I can also choose not to prescribe them. So, from now on, if you are a white male who votes conservative, your penis needs to ask God for the power to rise. No more Viagra. Now, when she says that, she's clearly not just talking about conservative men. Do you kind of get the sense that she's talking about all men? Probably. A little bit. Because I don't know how she's going to find out. I don't know how many people walk into the doctor's office saying, I need Viagra. Hey, look at my MAGA hat. They don't actually do that. She's not going to put it on the form that you fill out in the waiting room. That might happen. I mean, they don't hide their views. They don't hide their animus towards conservatives or white men. I do like how she says, if you're a white male who's conservative. But if you're a Hispanic male who's conservative, hey. Yeah, I'm fine. Scripts for days. it, It is not just racist, but it is dangerous, right? Because if she went through with this... Something tells me it wouldn't just be about Viagra, that she might mistreat folks. I can't remember what the story what the story was behind the medical doc, or the medical student who said she was purposefully jabbing a patient with a needle and missing the vein on purpose because of something because he was conservative. I can't remember what the issue was, but she went on Twitter and she talked about how 
she was hurting a patient because she disagreed with him politically. So folks saw this tweet, and I first saw it from the libs of TikTok account, and they called it out. They figured out who she was because she puts her name in her her profile, which is now offline, by the way. Her name is Shauna Lynn. So Sarah Bush Lincoln, as the hospital, comes out on its Twitter feed and says, we do not stand for any discrimination. We treat everyone equally, regardless of race, gender, blah, 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 blah. And then they said, we're investigating. Now, people didn't think they were actually investigating because Shauna Lynn, this nurse, she doubles down on Twitter and tweets, bring it. I am allowed to prescribe based on need. If you think God can provide, then why would I not allow for that? Conservative men rely on God to provide. I think that is a wonderful idea. Let us pray. And so that was the end of her because they did, in fact, investigate. And kudos to them for actually taking this seriously. And then they put out a statement yesterday saying that she has since resigned. Now, I don't know if it was a resign, resign, or if it was a you have to resign or we're going to fire you, resign. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me. Some people online were calling, this is cancel culture. I'm like, no, this is not cancel culture. That's not what cancel culture is. Cancel culture is if she was out there and she said, I am upset with this decision. And we're like, that's the wrong answer. You can't do that, nurse. We must fire you. That's cancel culture. This is not. So they put out a statement. And first, they say she apologized for her actions. I am deeply sorry for my posts on social media. I allowed my personal feelings to spill out. Those hateful words are not aligned with how I have provided care to my patients. Sarah Bush Lincoln is a wonderful organization that's now giving me severance because of this statement that I put out. I added that last part, but I bet it's true. It's a wonderful organization. My actions have tarnished its reputation. I have resigned, and I know my patients will be well cared for. And then the CEO of Sarah Bush Lincoln put out a statement, blah, 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 blah. I... I'm grateful that this came out the way that it did, but I'm fearful that this is happening more often and we just don't know. Because not all doctors are posting this stuff online. Not all nurses are posting this stuff online. Now, I want to believe that regardless of a political position, that our medical professionals will treat us with the utmost of care. I want to believe that. But I don't necessarily believe that. And while I don't think that doctors and nurses might go out of their way to hurt you, per se, I think that their animus could come out in different ways where maybe you get kept in the waiting room 20 minutes longer than you need to. Things like that. And that is concerning to me because I don't want to live in a world in which we have to vet now the doctors, not just to see whether or not they're qualified, where they went to school, how long they've been doing this, maybe looking up Yelp reviews, which I don't really necessarily think is the best move for medical professionals. But now we have to figure out whether or not they're conservative or liberal. I don't want to do that. And the thing is, if you found out your doctor had just hateful views, just flat out hateful views, it's completely apolitical, posts a bunch of racist memes, would you feel comfortable going to that doctor? Probably not. You probably say, well, I'm going to, unless you're a racist, then you'll be like, hey, I finally found one. But I imagine you're going to say, no, I don't want to go there. So if you find your doctor just posting insane stuff about any political issue, any political, regardless of your politics, just the opposite of what you view, but very, very fringe, wouldn't you feel uncomfortable going to that doctor? Wouldn't you just be like, I don't know if I want to go see that person anymore. And that seems wrong. And they could, by the way, they could be an amazing doctor. 
I just wish they would shut up. I wish they would stay offline. I wish they would keep this all to themselves. They're in positions where their their role, they have to be trusted. The role that they provide, the service that they provide, has to be trusted by the patient. And if you don't trust the doctor, you're not going to do what they tell you. And it becomes really, really easy to say, I'm not going to trust a doctor or a nurse or a dentist or a chiropractor, whatever it happens to be, based on some of the stuff that they post online. Now, do they have the right to post stuff online? Yeah, of course. You have all the right in the world. And and maybe maybe it's better that they're open about it. Maybe it's better. But I do find it odd because I, I imagine there are a lot of liberals out there who would say, yeah, if you don't want to come see me because of my liberal views, that's on you, bigot. But in the same breath, they'll scream about having access to health care. Health care you can trust, quality health care. But you're also pushing people away at the same time. I don't know. Do you look up your doctors beforehand? Because I've started to do that now. And I found my last doctor, on tw- my current doctor on Twitter. And I went through all of his tweets. And other than some insufferable virtue signaling about the vaccine, there's been nothing there that's popped out at me as even on the cusp of being inappropriate from a political standpoint. I mean, I don't have irrational fears like you. I only fear like octopus and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They Eating the, it? No, no, no. A live one. Like oh, the, okay. the eight tentacles thing mm-hmm. and like no bones. That, that trips me out. Um, but no, I don't even have a doctor. Actually, I can't tell you the last time if I've you been to if a you found well, that's because you're 26. If you found <laughs> that your doctor supports post birth abortion, would that not throw you a yeah, little bit? That might rub me the wrong just, way. Just just a little tiny bit, right? Might be like, hey, uh, doctor, you want to explain that one to me? Yeah, can we like you do have a cutoff, right? Post birth, <laughs> not 26. Like you, you would have questions about it. You you clearly would. Most people would. And and by the way, the opposite is true. If you're someone who is liberal and your doctor is online saying uh, life begins at conception and we should never, ever abort a child, it's murder. If you hold the opposite view to that, you're going to feel uncomfortable as well. You might start to question things. Because it's already annoying enough because I go, one of my asthma doctor is in a hospital that has BLM signs everywhere and pride signs everywhere because they're just hardcore virtue signaling. And it just make I don't I don't want to go in, I don't want to go in. It's just it makes me uncomfortable, and it makes me also feel like you're judging me because I'm a conservative, and I walk in the one thing I have on me that I haven't taken. How long has this bracelet been on me? Two years, maybe a little bit longer than that. It says back the blue. I've had this on for over two years, and I do that as a big screw you to the anti police. I don't normally like virtue signaling, but I say screw you to the Seattleites. And I do it publicly. It's not a virtue signal. It's a risk signal. It's a risk signal. But, my God, it just feels uncomfortable every time I go in there. And part of the reason why, in particular, men often die younger is because they don't see the doctor. Because they're 26 and they don't think they need to have a doctor. They never want to go in. And so you're just, that's a barrier. Doesn't it get tiresome? You have, like, four doctors and you have to see them regularly. I have three doctors. You have three doctors and you have to see them regularly. I don't see them regularly. Yes, you do. I don't see any of them regularly. I haven't time- gone back to the, the asthma doctor because of all the signs in four months. And, and your I, asthma's been flaring up, hasn't it? It has You been. should be going back. I 100% <laughs> should, but I'm not. My normal doctor, I've gone, my general practitioner, I've been to three times this year. I think the last time I went to a doctor was because I had a Q-tip stuck in my ear. Like the tip on the end of it. I can still see it. And I couldn't get it out, so I went to the hospital. And a nice doctor in Ellensburg got it out for me. You drunk at the time? 
Uh, no, yeah. I well, I was pre-gaming, yeah, and okay. then... That's all. You don't have to finish that thought. <laughs> 1-800-465-8770. Send me your text. Weigh in on this. I'm actually kind of curious where you guys fall. Are you as concerned as I am? Am I crazy on this issue? Do you think about it? I'd like to get your text. 1-800-465-8770. Welcome back to the Jason Ranch Show. Still got some big guests coming up on the show. Coach Joe Kennedy will stop by at 445. Dr. Ben Carson stops by at 530. Got a lot to talk to both of them about. But first, I thought we would take a detour to the city of Tacoma, where you know crime is bad, where little girls' lemonade stands are getting robbed. And yeah, a girl, I, I, I gendered her. And I said her. That's how bad things are in Tacoma right now. Teen boy waits in line. They say a young man. I think they mean teen. It's possible that he's maybe in his early 20s. But uh, a, a teen boy waits in line. It gets to be his turn. There's actually someone behind him in line. And he orders his lemonade. He tries to get some change for the $5 bill he gave us all like, oh, I actually want to buy some more. And the girl left the cash register or that version of a cash register that they have left it open a little bit too long. And he ends up reaching in and steals $80. The mother's name is Grace. She spoke to the Tacoma News Tribune and she's quoted as saying, he said he wanted change for something for 25 cents and he wanted change for $5. Then he was like, oh, I'm going to buy one more thing. We had a customer right behind him, and we're all just kind of in shock. We all just couldn't believe he did it because he, like, did it with a smile on his face. Like, oh, my God, like, he did it with a smile on his face. Now, one of the girls who was there said, we're just like in shock, oddly talking just like the mother. We were just like in shock. We weren't prepared for it at all. Well, Zolani and Grace, this is called a life lesson. You just learned what it's like doing business in Pierce County and King County, well, Washington State, or, well, Democrat-led cities. That's the price of doing business. What did we learn, young ladies? This is why you have security. You need to have some muscle there. This is why you need to have the Brinks truck come in every so often and collect some of the cash. You don't want to be cash-heavy. Do you think that they had a sign that said, you know, small bills only or cashiers only how, carry how, X amount? How'd they get $80? That's like a lot to have as a lemonade stand. Well, I'm sure the, $80? I'm how sure much the parents there, loaded it up with change. I mean, I know inflation and whatnot, but how much is she charging for a, uh, a glass of, of lemonade? They got to pay the rent and stuff, so there's, there's mean, no prices rent. go there's, up. There's no rent. I'm sure, you know, no, property taxes. Th- and... This was one story. This was one step away from some cop showing up and saying, we're going to have to close you down because you don't have the right permit. Had had they not been robbed, that's what the story probably would have become. Now, they say, in addition to filing a report with police, Grace detailed the incident in a post on Nextdoor.com, an insufferable website. After the post, she said the girls received overwhelming community support. And that makes me a little uncomfortable. Because what do they call me, Producer Peyton? You're going to make me say it, aren't you? Detective Rants. It's Detective Rants. And what does Detective Rants do? 
solves things that no one else wants to solve because there's not really anything there. But they say this cat ranch is a bad mother. Shut your mouth. But I'm talking about rants. I can dig it. He's a complicated man, but no one understands him but his barber. Detective Rants? You're damn right. I suspect that they were not pulling in the amount of money that they thought. They thought we would throw in a few adorable little girls trying to sell overpriced lemonade, and no one was buying because the economy is so tough. And when you sell a glass of lemonade for $3.75, people are all like, no, I refuse to pay that kind of money. And so they set this all up. It's a scam. That older boy, you know why she's not giving a very specific detailed look to the cops of what this guy looks like, a detailed description? You want to know why? It's her brother! That's what happened. You don't think that would get foiled like immediately? Like, hey, that's a teens young man right there who could have oh. potentially been in the area okay then it really did happen i did okay yeah you make a good point thank you okay that would be something though and you know what if that were the case i would actually side with the young girl really good on you you were you were taking a the i i can almost see that scam as a protest against the gullibility of the american people Honestly, those GoFundMe things sometimes are they so out of hand. They go through the roof, and sometimes I even feel compelled to give money. I never do, but I sometimes <laughs> feel compelled based on what I see on some of these websites. And then it's like right before, unless I know for certain that the story has been vetted, but right, right before I hit the little button to give the $25 or whatever it is I'm giving, I think to myself, what if this is fake? Because once you give, have you ever followed up on anything? No. After giving? I've given to some of these campaigns. You know what I do afterwards? Feel good about myself and never look back. I have no idea what they did with the money. I never follow up to see if it's even a scam. Never. I just give and I feel good. And that's the only reason these websites exist, is to make you feel good about giving someone, sometimes a scam artist, your money. But do you care if you feel good afterwards? Yes! Which is why we don't check, because deep down inside, we know we just got scammed. And now I want lemonade. 1-800-465-8770. If you want to join the conversation, send me a text. Coming up in the next hour, Coach Joe Kennedy.